0: I think that for different apps, like we quadruple the revenue, which all wow. this, yeah, it, it's crazy with all this remote config logic. Eh, I'm surprised and until this day that it was possible. And also I think that one of the outputs of this is that I understand how to cluster or
1: identify different users. Can ad monetization save subscription apps? Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. My name is John here Today, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about Admon. We're going to talk about subscriptions. We're going to talk about Scan4. We probably will even talk about artificial intelligence and maybe a few other things. But we're going to start with Admon and subscriptions and how maybe 90% of subscription apps can benefit by being smarter at Admon. To dive in, we're chatting with a rising mobile world star. He's led performance marketing teams at multiple companies: winclap Coderhouse, Ego Games, GoIn. He's currently a senior UA manager at MonkeyTap. Spends all of his nights and weekends building cool tools and insights for the mobile world community. His name is Lucas Muscon. Welcome, Lucas. Hi, John. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure to be taking with you today. And you know, I'm. It's going to be fun. We're going to cover go a lot of different topics. Uh, let's let's dive into it. Absolutely. Let's start here. You've been posting on LinkedIn a little, maybe a lot lately, and you've been posting some cool stuff, some frameworks for how subscription apps should deal with ad monetization. Maybe even put some remote control stuff on it. You built some. You built a, a GPT for Scan Four. We'll get into that later. You built a bunch of stuff. Where does all the time come from? You have a full time job. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I use my my weekends.
0: For example, when I'm here in Argentina, after I at some asado at 2 a.m. in the morning, I come back to my house and start doing all this content and all these tools for the community, which I think they are really useful. And the main reason why I build them is because I will use it in some way or another.
1: That's the best so, reason, right? You build, you build something that you find useful. You build something that you need. And guess what? Others are probably like that. Okay, we're going to go into a lot of different directions here, but let's start with the admon stuff. You built a framework for optimizing and remote controlling admon in your app. Why'd you do that? Well, the, in first place, I'm not an expert, I think,
0: in admonization compared to different guys like Felix or other job science in the industry. I, I've been more on the UA side since my beginnings. And, and since I was started working on subscription based apps, I found like this bias about different revenue streams, that most of the subscription-based apps were only focusing on subscriptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't care if a user didn't pay. Like I remember, for example, this year at Barcelona, in Barcelona, Thomas said like subscription, Thomas Petit, sorry, mentioned that subscription-based apps only care about subscriptions. They don't care if a user churns or didn't pay or use the product for free. That's one reason why I think Admon is interesting at some point, because you can, Make a diversification in terms of revenue stream. Also, the cost of the money has increased in the last years, and it's tough to 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 make a, a profitable in some way. And I think having like these hybrid monetization models can help up developers increase their their revenue and try to make things work in the long term. And also because I was bored in in some way, I think that at some point UA it's always the same. And I was needing some different, to learn different stuff. And that's where I found advertisement. And basically, as you may know, uh, admonization is not that common, like in gaming, mm-hmm. for subscription-based apps, mm-hmm. and there's like almost no resources out there, so I was dealing with different mm-hmm. customer support from Firebase, from AdMob, chatting with guys at Unity, Applobin, and all these kind of companies, and it was hard to first understand what we need to do, okay? And because as you may know, uh, most of the apps that you you will work with have their, all their logic in the code, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't work with a remote tool. So if I was going to work with this, I didn't want to rely on a dev team or a product team to tell me when or how I should do the things. Yeah, you can update it in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, because, oh, we have this roadmap and we can put this in between. So you will have to wait. And I didn't didn't want that to happen. With all this research, I found, like, this uh, Google ecosystem, which includes uh, Google Analytics, AdMob, and Firebase, where you can make all this integration and try to use the Remote Config uh, solution to push all these A-B tests and, and so on, which was hard, to be honest, because you have different functionalities between uh, Booleans, JSONs, and so on. And that's why I built, like, the AdMob Hub, which is, I think it's on my profile, I don't know, where it's, like, the step-by-step on how you can implement all these from scratch. Uh, which I would love to have this resource at the beginning and I think that that's the reason why we're talking today uh, in, in some way and, and a lot of people find it really useful and it's still hard to understand the full picture if you've never done something like this before it makes sense uh, but, but also I think that an for subscription-based apps it's going to be more a democratic uh, access to it in some way and I think that Gaming is not going to, in the future, is not the only one that's going to grow in these kind of fields, uh, which there's a big difference between gaming and subscription. They are far behind. You yeah.
1: I think there's a bunch of things to unpack there, right? First off, if you are a subscription app and let's say you're on iOS, adding Admon gives you early signal for people who are engaged. That's great because you can get that early signal. If people are going to do, watch some ads, you're gonna get that signal on D1 early, and you're gonna see that D2, D3, that sort of thing. So you're gonna see that early. As we move to privacy sandbox on Android as well, and move away from not only IDFA on iOS, but GAID on Android, then that early signal is gonna be really, really critical for helping you optimize your UA and your, your growth activities. But it's also big on the monetization piece because we have players like Duolingo. Felix was saying, I think a couple of months ago, that Duolingo was making something like 80K or something like that a day on Admon, right? And of course, that's (laughs) Duolingo, right? They're huge. They're massive. They're global. They're, They're insane. But why would you walk away from that potential? And why would you walk away from that revenue from the 90 to 95% of people that come into your app that won't become long-term engaged paying subscribers? That makes a ton of sense. Talk a little bit more in detail about the solution you built because you, 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 you built something that allows remote control config and testing because, Hey, You might want to try that ad network, you might want to try that one, but even within an ad network, I want to use this placement, or I want to use that placement, or I want that ad type or that different ad type, and which is going to work best with my app, with my user journey, with how people are engaging within my app, all that stuff. Talk about what you learned from that. Okay. First, remote config is the key here, okay? Uh,
0: And to start using remote config in some way, you need to build all the logic behind the product where you're going to place all the ad units and so on. But um, once you start diving into it, you will find that it's it's going to rely on different kinds of logics. For example, when you try to build all this from scratch, I would recommend everyone to start with the string format at the beginning. With Firebase Robot Coffee, instead of jumping into JSON format, for example, because you can manage, JSON is going to be more flexible at the end, and it's going to be your best friend, but it's, it's hard to manage at the first time. So start with, say, with a simple schema with a string. You have all the add units field, and you just are going to replace it. And the fun part with this is that you have different conditions applied to it in the logic. What are conditions? are different user or custom properties you send to Firebase, in this case. Sorry, to Google Analytics, and then you can map them in your Firebase account. So for example, for a subscription-based app, it will be interesting to try to exclude spending users. Maybe you don't want to bother them. Or maybe if, you know, they deserve spending users, you would like to show a custom cross-promotion app. For example, if you have another app, you can show them a a cross-promotion app. And all this comes from different conditions that you can map in the parameter, okay? Mm And you have to keep in this in mind because this was something that I deal with in the past. And is that depending on the logic you apply with different conditions, it's going to limit all the flexibility in the A-B testing section because you can't test. Be- you can change a condition in the A-B test in the, in the experiment. Okay. This is a limitation nowadays. So you will have to map or try to think a logic where these things don't, don't, don't exclude each other. And it's hard. For example, different things you can do, for example, with roadcoming is to try to experiment with new ad placements, ad frequencies, ad format variations, user segments, timing optimization. There are a lot of stuff you can try to launch all these tests. And it's really interesting because as a UA manager, you know that I've been doing UA my whole life. You, you started to... at two? <laughs> yeah. 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 You started <laughs> at three years old. <laughs> yeah. More than fifteen years of experience. Amazing, <laughs> being able to try to diversify my skill sets—it's really useful, I think, not only for my company, also for myself, mm-hmm. and uh, also because I think it's more funny to do same stuff. I've been doing ASO also in the this year, but going back to atomization, it's a really great skill set. You know, being able to understand how different parameters work, how the app is going to read the JSON, where you have to control the frequencies at the app level or the ad unit level, how ECPA is going to work. And last but not least,
1: how ad
0: mediation is going to come into place.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because there's a lot of complexities in all that stuff. And it's amazing because I was just chatting with Rovio, VP of marketing, marketing, Luis de la Camara. And he was talking about how they build marketing into their teams. And so UA and product and monetization are together. And it's interesting because of course, Rovio, massive company, lots of people, they can put individual people doing all that stuff. Smaller companies, you may have to have an individual who has some knowledge in all those different areas so that you can do that well and build that together properly okay maybe let's talk a little bit about some of the outputs of this not the the framework itself and how to set it up but what did you learn from doing this and 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 how did it benefit your monetization in your app okay first of all i think that the
0: most important thing here is obviously to increase revenue you are not going to waste your time if you're not going to earn more money from this uh- that's what's happened. I think that for different apps, like we quadrupled the revenue, which all wow. this, yeah, it, it's crazy. With all this remote config logic, eh, I, I'm surprised and until this day that it was possible. And also I think that one of the outputs of this is that I understand how to cluster or identify different users because there are different apps like, oh, maybe I, I don't want to show ads because it's going to be ugly for my user experience, but the truth is that they are not the users. They have like marginal cost and so on. Like, I understand your, your point of view or different business decisions, but the truth is that in some way or another, you have to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you're a VC backed and you receive like $100 million fund, I get it. But that's not the case for most of the app developers out there. One of the output is that. You can delegate all these to different growth teams. We have this mentality to try to increase and optimize on different placements or different logics for an experiment and so on, which is really interesting. And also this is going, another output, it's that you're not going to wait a lot of time for the developer team. So they have mm-hmm. a different completely roadmap and you can take mm-hmm. this out of them, which is really good because they can put more resources and time on building new features and so on. And another thing is that. Not only for the revenue, okay, but also because, for example, one of the cases that I managed in the past happened to be that, no, we don't only increase the revenue by two or three x, but we also decrease the impressions. Amazing. Which this is the sweet part of it. You don't want to show a lot of impressions to churn users. Mm -hmm. That's not that's not the, the deal here. So one of the big outputs from using all these. Logic or framework that uh, I don't know how to call it. He said you can show less impressions, try to increase the CPM, and also try to try to launch different experience. For example, if you have like uh, like a heavy user base in Indonesia, Nigeria, I don't know, India, and so on, or Brazil, for example, and uh, these kind of users don't tend to purchase subscriptions, right? So you can have like a different user segment group with different frequencies for these kind of countries, right? And uh, you can, I can do this in like less than 10 minutes below all this from scratch with all the schema Wait. that, that I have nowadays. So it's more flexible. And once it's going to be hard at the beginning to understand all the pieces, how they connect to each other, but once you have it, it's just say the same. And unless, a developer, you know, the needed SDK or something goes wrong in the middle, it has multiple outputs where you can find successes mm-hmm. and it's sad that this is not like a really interesting topic to talk about maybe I, didn't I found... think it's
1: quite interesting for a lot of people you talked about 4x in revenue on a particular app you just talked about 2 and 3x in revenue on different apps as well so I think that's pretty interesting for people who actually want to get a paycheck <laughs> yeah <laughs> but
0: one thing it's that it's really important to understand that I think advertisement it's a game of scale in some way because if you have like 200 daily active users you're not going to see a really incremental oh. uplifting revenue, right? I will focus more on apps that have at least 5k daily active mm. users before considering making any change or bulbs. That requires a lot of learning and and resource allocation. But yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing. The growth in revenue is a is incredible and it adds runway. Perhaps your your end goal is that you do want to be mostly subscription and you want to add lots of features. Well, you need to pay for that. You need to pay for those developers and you need that revenue. So that makes a ton of sense. Absolutely love that. Okay, let's put a pin in that conversation. I'll add a link to your framework when we publish this so people can see it in the notes. And I think they can find it as well just by Googling you and seeing you on LinkedIn, all that stuff. Cool. I want to talk a little bit about scan for totally shifting gears here you built something quite interesting and open ai and chatgpt released the functionality i think it's like 2 weeks ago maybe 3 weeks ago now that you can customize your own GPT, you can customize your own AI engine, you can train it on some material. So for instance, I could upload a bunch of articles or podcasts. I don't think I can upload the podcast yet, but I can upload a bunch of stuff that I've written and I can train it on what my voice and and the stuff that I talk about. And you can learn from that and you can try and replicate that. You can do that in different areas. And you did that with scan four to help People build out SCAN for conversion models. Talk about what you did there, how you trained the GPT and what kind of outputs you can get.
0: Okay. If it's okay, I would like to tell you why the GPT exists in the first place. I think we are like more than two and a half years since SCAN was introduced in the industry and maybe more than 90% of guys working here don't get the fundamentals yet which kind of bothers me in some way because everyone seems, oh, this is like a fancy term to talk about and maybe I will look cool and maybe I will get a job promotion or a salary increase. But the truth is that it's still too vague to talk about this. And a lot of people like from different big companies, I'm not going to tell the names here, but ask me if, for example, send me private messages to, oh, I have this schema and at least learn, tell me how I should map this, maybe I should change the post back, And this was like three months ago where when Scan 4.0 wasn't e- even implemented in the industry and yeah. they were like, man, focus on what you should be doing now and care <laughs> later. You, you will have time for this because there's going to be an adoption process once Scan 4.0, 4.0 is implemented. So just, just chill, you ha- will, you will have the time. Then I realized that people, uh, they. A lot of people go to different webinars or podcasts mm-hmm. or a lot of different stuff. And they don't visualize the schema in some way, like they they need that interface yep. to understand has- like the starting point from where they can build different models. And the truth is that the scan game is, it's really funny because it's a different world for each app mm-hmm. because it involves different monetization models, you know, the predator objectives different UA objectives, and if you have a lot of budget, you will have different schema. If you have more budget, it's going to change, and so on. There are a lot of variables to, to take into consideration here. And one of the things that I decided to build, because I was frustrated that I didn't want to receive any more message to about the scan from <laughs> Bono. Stop
1: asking me how to of do course. scan.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I put all that out there on the GPT, and... The, the fun fact is that it received a lot of requests. I think more than 250 since Mm -hmm. it was launched and it's still in beta because it's only working for certain, certain type of of app and different, uh, sorry, different monetization models, but the truth is that it received really great feedback because you, if you use it, you will have like the baseline. Mm -hmm. You will have, you you will know, well, I have this free placement. Then I have to work on this replacement in their third post, right? In case we have like a high anonymity level, for example. And then you're going to understand, oh, if I'm going to spend less than $400 in the U.S., okay, which tends to have a really high CPI, uh, I'm going to have like maybe a low anonymity level. So maybe I should focus or put all the resources into the course values, right? Mm -hmm. And
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I put like a different question or form in the GPT where you can ask the GPT different, you know, you give them some inputs about your business, and this is going to identify which is going to be the best schema for you. This is not going to tell you, you should put
1: this event here, or you should, you shouldn't change this. This is like the baseline. So I did it myself just half an hour ago or something like that. And the GPT will say, okay, you say, Hey, build me a scan for conversion model. And you say, okay, Hey, I need your app vertical. And so it gives you a set of verticals to choose from. And then it says, what's your monetization model? And a couple of the questions, I don't remember them all super easy. Answer them in like literally 30 seconds. And then it builds out. Here's post-pack one, what you should do for your fine conversion values. Pulse back two, here's some options for your low, medium, high. Pulse back three, here's what you should do. And you're absolutely right. If you haven't consolidated all the information, the noise out there into here's what I can do with my scan for strategy, this is super great. It's a starting point. It's not the end point. There's no end point in any of this. You're always starting somewhere and iterating and optimizing from there. But it's a starting point that makes it really, really simple. You can take that, you can go to your MMP, whether that's singular or somebody else, and you can then input it and you can see what you get. And then you can can update and you can iterate over time i think it's super easy i think it's super useful singular also has a tool that will suggest better scan models for you based on the data that it's seeing which is also helpful but i think this is super useful for a lot of different people and gets them thinking not just about all the generalities and all the this is what you can do or that's what you can do but the specifics of what it looks like honestly i think the bigger need in just half a year, it will be something similar for privacy sandbox because privacy sandbox makes scan four look like Lego. Oh, <laughs> scan. It's going to be interesting. Privacy <laughs> sandbox is chess. Scan is checkers. <laughs> privacy sandbox is Google just released a a a a model a, a tool you can you can play with. And you can input a couple variables and it'll tell you how to set up a uh, privacy sandbox. And even in simple mode, it is a freaking pilot's dashboard. It is, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not going to be easy. Well, I think that it's going to be a challenge, but
0: there's two phases here of the coin. The first one would be that MMPs, for example, like Singular, right? They don't do attribution like in the past anymore, right? Because attribution now is server-to-server via APIs, in the case, for mm-hmm. example, on iOS nowadays, and Android, it's going to become a reality in the future, but I think because it's going to be really complex to um, declassify the schema or try to work with raw on their own, MMPs maybe will gain some traction, I think, because it's going to be harder. Mm-hmm. This is like, it's going to be a great way to get new users or new customers, but also customers will have the opportunity to build their own schema or their new structure to, attri- to make attribution possible, which I think it's going to be really fun to see how this works out in the future. I think that the MMP, for example, the mobile measurement platform, it's going to be called mobile platform because measurement, it's not going to be taken into consideration anymore in the future. Most of people don't get this. I really appreciate the work of MMPs because they simplify all this process. But people think, still think that, oh, MMP, because they are going to duplicate some events or, man, this is done by Sked
1: Network API. The, the MMP is going to significantly change. If if, if an M hasn't significantly changed already, they're in trouble and they're going to significantly change over the next couple of years because their measurement is massively changing. There isn't one measurement anymore based on IDFA or based on GAID that you can use and just just say, Hey, this is what happened or that's what happened. And honestly, if we're truthful, last click measurement based on a mobile ad ID. Wasn't always necessarily the best way to actually measure what was actually driving growth in your app. Anyways, it was a measure. It was available. It was easy. It was there. But there's so much more because the decisions that you make as an individual about what app you download, what app you spend money in, what app you subscribe to is based on significantly more than that one ad you saw on Facebook or that one ad that app love and served to you or something like that. There's a lot more going on there. There's social, there's brand identity, there's there's, there's influencer stuff. There's a lot that's not, there's a conversation you had with the guy at the bus stop. There's a lot more that's not trackable. And being able to understand that with different tools, whether that's triple M, whether, whether that's scan, whether that's privacy sandbox, whether that's your own internal data, whether that's the cost and campaign data, being able to put that all together and, and create some kind of snowball of measurement of attribution that says, Hey, this is, what is going on, but it's not a hundred percent. It's not a, it's not fully definitive. It's good enough to act on and optimize on, but it's not, it's not physics. It's a little more complex than that. There's some art involved and there's some unknowns involved. Yeah, I can't agree would you, but one thing that I think that most people,
0: most people missed about the SK network is that it will, it won't be for the late anymore. It won't be for what, sorry? For the leads, for the guys with a lot of money in the bank. And this is really interesting because since the launch of SQL network API, you will need to invest a lot of money to have like a fine value in the postback. If you were targeting one countries, for example, and now with low anonymity levels, for example, and course values, small developers will be introduced into the iOS ecosystem with information in the postback. And this is... This is great news, okay? And uh, I, I haven't seen this in, in, on LinkedIn or different blogs, which small developers come into place or they are taking into consideration, which is, is great. And I think that like, being able to have all these, these small developers to understand this, that they are going to see information because they were going mm-hmm. to receive, for example, Medium in the first postback and they're not going to see anymore, okay? That's sad, but this mm-hmm. is really the reality. But at least they are going to have the Medium postback. Which they, oh, maybe this is a search trial event, and now I can get this. And this is great. And this is also why the GPT take this into consideration. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why the GPT asks you for amount of, sorry, investment amount, because mm-hmm. it's going to put per day, how much you will take, how many installs you will receive. And in, based on that, it has different, different anonymity level tiers, yeah. which they are randomized to be honest, because I don't have the defined values. Okay. Because they're not the public. So it has different logics based on SCNN another 3.0. For example, if you expect to imbe- to have received less than 100 installs per day, well, you should do this. Okay. And try to focus on course values instead of fine values. You're not mm-hmm. going to be in the, in the third, in the third year, third tier. Okay. So I think it's, it's working. You said it. You had to use it as a baseline or like a starting point from where you can understand or, or, or build the final schema. I, I didn't know that Singular has this tool, but mm-hmm. it will be great to complement this GBD with your MMP solution to map this and make it work for you.
1: The other good thing about Scan4, and I think that's what you're referencing there, is that crowd anonymity returns more data at lower levels of installs per campaign than privacy thresholds in Scan3. So that's a good thing about Scan4. There's more complexity, but you're getting some data at least, and by consolidating into campaigns, you can get more. I I wanted to hit more in this conversation. I wanted to hit some of what you did with an overview of what apps need to focus on in UA and ASO at different levels of spend and growth. I think we're going to probably have to call it here just because it's already half an hour and we'll talk again sometime. But this has been fascinating. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Okay, John, it was a pleasure to be talking with you today. Maybe we can
0: talk in the next, next year. I don't know, we're in, well, wait, it's 11th of December, but we're gonna have a topic next year about the things we're missing today. But yeah, it was really fun
1: and I hope people like this.